0: You've played the missions, but do you really know the lore?
1: We are here to be your guides.
0: Your Guardians.
1: This is Guardians of Lore. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, Guardians. Welcome to Guardians of Lore. This is episode 147, recorded May 22nd, 2022. The topic for this episode is Acts of Mercy Part 2. I am your host for this episode, and my name is Orchid.
0: And I am Elemist. Hello. Yo. <laughs> uh
1: hmm Here's some podcast info for you. We encourage feedback. It can be sent to us on Twitter at guardians underscore lore. You can tweet at me at Hey, it's orchid, or you can tweet at Elemist at I underscore am underscore Elemist. You can send us an email at guardians underscore lore at outlook.com, or you can leave us a review wherever you can find the podcast. Uh, you can also just hop in our Discord. Uh, you can put just the link in a browser at discord.gg slash lorehub. There's also a link in the description of this episode. Whichever is easier for you. Uh, if you'd like to support the podcast, you can visit ko-fi.com guardians underscore lore. Every little bit helps. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah, we appreciate it.
1: We really do. You can also find our info on thelornetwork.com alongside Many impressive lore content creators. Well, we are still there.
0: There it is.
1: <laughs> ah, I like rushed through all of that. Hello.
0: <laughs> yeah, you did. I'm impressed. Yeah.
1: Thank you. Yay. Um, we're recording this super late on uh, Sunday night. So I wanted to try to get through this as quickly as possible.
0: <laughs> and I appreciate that.
1: We had a really long week. I know, because I know it's really late for you. It's not late for me. The sun's still up. But for you, you're like, can we do this so I can get to bed?
0: Before, like, 1 a.m., please?
1: Oh, no, no, no. (laughs) We're not going to finish this before 1 a.m. These are really long lore entries. So we'll try to get through the TWAB as quickly as possible. So Rendell can be like, less than 20 minute TWAB. Woo-woo.
0: Right. The rest okay. of the episode yeah. is gonna be three hours, but oh god, I hope not. Less than t- 30 minute twab.
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, this twab was full of juicy information that wasn't the trailer for the next season because they're gonna drop it five minutes before the season starts, because that's their prerogative. Everyone's like, we trailer. <laughs> Just like, god damn it, guys. <laughs> Trailer, trailer comes when trailer comes. But by the time this comes out, uh, the season's already gonna be here. So who cares? The Solstice of Heroes is just Solstice now. For some reason, I don't know why you needed to change the name. But all right.
0: Yeah, I I have no idea it, either. It's
1: solstice of Heroes forever. But you felt like you had to change the name. Was Solstice of Heroes too many words for you? Maybe you have a word limit.
0: I, I'm, Perhaps. I'm wondering if they're like trying to... I mean...
1: Is it a seasonal thing? Like, maybe they're going to go back to revelry.
0: Well, so so my, my thinking is that guardians as a whole are starting to move away from being heroes. So, like, we're starting to see a lot more guardians... Becoming, you know, kind of the villains that we despise.
1: Solstice of dickweeds. Yes. Solstice of assholes.
0: Solstice of assholes.
1: How
2: many assholes we got on this ship anyhow? Go! I knew it. I'm
1: surrounded by assholes. I mean, that's just me every single summer.
0: I could get behind that. I mean, wait, wait
1: wow (laughs) that's rude um anyway they have a new activity it's called bonfire bash read about it in the twab if you want to read more about it uh the eaz which is the european aerial zone which was kind of fun it makes you floaty and you can jump on top of buildings and that's where we got lost in the parking garage where i got lost in the parking garage shamefully
0: oh my god yes
1: Um, (laughs) uh, it was reworked again. I guess you have to defend a bonfire. I don't know. It sounds like a horde mode because horde modes are what you do now, but, uh, it sounds like fun. So we'll just see what happens when that comes around this year. Yeah. Um, they did talk about an event card that you will get, and it sounds like all of your quests will be in this event card. So it probably is going to function kind of like where all your quests are for um, your seasonal quests. It'll just be another tab, like next to your seasonal quest tab is what it kind of sounded like to me. And you just pick up an event card and all of your event tickets and shaders and emblems and bullshit will be there. Uh, You can get a seasonal seal and title that is tied to your event card. It sounds complicated as fuck.
0: It it sounds like they're taking this two or three steps too far.
1: I don't know why they're making it a thing. I mean,
0: I I don't either.
1: I'm perfectly happy with just kind of showing up and being like this is a thing that we can do and just do like the extra couple of little steps. Like I can cook some cookies. Like let me bake the cookies. Get the shader, like just do the 10 triumphs to turn the triumphs in and get the thing. That works for me because I can just take the triumphs off and find where the triumphs are. Like I know where that is. And it's easy to get to. I don't need an extra tab in the already full, very complicated like tab file system. That is very bad design, frankly. Right, I do not like it. Because I can't organize it. I hate it. So if you're going to like make me turn in quests anyway, like, I guess that's how those work. Because you have to like go to wherever. Um... Help me here. Almas, what's the word if, if you're going to make me go to the, where the triumph is and turn the triumph in to make the quest turn in or something, then just like go to the triumph sheet and just stick with the triumphs, like stop making it like a six step thing. Right, and and that's, why are they making it complicated?
0: That's the problem that I have. Like, we saw it with transmog. Yes, there's just too many steps for what should be something simple. Like with Ada, you know, for the transmog thing, we should have just been able to pick up a quest and then, or mm-hmm. pick up a a bounty, and when we complete it, we get the transmog thing. Yep. Like, what is up with this whole like needing to return? And when it was first introduced, it was like, oh, you had to earn another currency before you could even buy the the bounty.
1: They got rid of that.
0: Like, it's just there are too many steps.
1: They don't have that anymore. Now it's go pick up a bounty, do the bounty, turn in the bounty, get the thing, which is how it should be.
0: And like, I I knew that they were going to walk back that first currency. Oh, yeah.
1: you You and I both did.
0: The, the entire thing was to get the whales first and then I mean it was predatory yeah but
1: this sounds predatory too, especially if you have to pay for it with currency
0: right I, I just I don't know.
1: this feels like getting us closer and closer to a, like a gotcha type game of having more and more events. yes because I play genshin. And I play Hatsune Miku game, which is called Colorful Stage, which is honestly one of the best games I've ever played. And it's a gotcha game. Let me tell you all about it. Hatsune Miku Colorful Stage uh, has events and there are concerts that you can attend live with other people with your little avatar and you lift your phone up and you have like little buttons on your screen so you can make your little uh, glow sticks move. Like in the concert, and you're watching a live concert of like Hatsune Miku with a bunch of live people, like with the event, and it's super fun. (laughs) So, and everyone's like spamming emotes, like in the concert, and you get super hype, and then you can like tap along with the concert, so everyone's like doing the same movements, and like. They played one of my favorite songs as like the last song, and I like literally screamed in my bedroom as I'm watching this concert. (laughs) I was so excited. And I'm like, this is how it should be. It's also a visual novel. Like, why is it so good? (laughs) And it's because it's a fucking gotcha game. (laughs) Like, Sega know what they're doing. Like they, it's a rhythm game. It's a visual novel. There are outfits. The only outfit I need is the otter t-shirt I have. Okay. I have cat ears on my avatar. I have an otter t-shirt. I have two flowers for my like glow stick wands. That's all I need. I have everything I need in life on that avatar in this game. If destiny did that, like game over. That's, (laughs) That's all I need. You see my problem?
0: I do, I do. But
1: Destiny is moving in that direction,
0: and that's that's kind of how I feel with the events.
1: Yeah, their events are moving in that direction.
0: I mean, we see it with Guardian Games.
1: Yep, that's the problem though. Is that like it didn't used to be that way, but things are becoming more and more monetized in different ways because like Destiny is fully subsisting on like you buying things with silver, right? And you buying, you know, event cards, if that becomes a thing that they actually make you purchase with silver or purchase outside the game after that, like, oh, you want to do this event now in a year's time or two years time and you have to buy it with money, you already have to buy like the dungeon separately.
0: Now, like that being said, I don't think the event card you have to buy.
1: No, but it's annoying and separate. But yeah, but you you want to do it separately like
0: yeah every event card will be available for free to all players and can be accessed by interacting with Ava levante in the tower or via the quests tab Mm -hmm. but like the events have been lackluster this this past year like i've personally felt like they've been lackluster
1: i mean we'll see what they have for us during solstice but I'm for Guardian games. I just I didn't really care, except I really liked the ability to farm points and get a high score. That's fun to me.
0: And see, I, I didn't even do that. Like I, I
1: liked I liked having things to go after like in Nightfalls. Right. I liked being able to like emote finish something and get extra points. And I liked being able to have an energy weapon spree and like kill sprees. And like, I've been using um, bows again. So I liked having different sprees and different abilities to get different metals. I like that. It let me have that in Nightfalls.
0: And like, I had fun with it back when it was first introduced in D1.
1: Yeah. And then they took it away from us and it got boring. So, I mean, I've been enjoying it again in this. So like, let me have that again, you know?
0: And, and I, I agree. Because it, it's just, I mean, with, with how events have been in the past year, the only one that actually felt like it was actually rewarding was Guardian Games after they, they did the, the title fix. Festival of the Lost. That was rewarding as hell. But... Because we were getting everything too quick, it got nerfed and it became harder and harder to get anything that we wanted. So it just, it felt like we finally had something that was fun and they took it away. And some of the events in the past year just haven't been hitting well.
1: I'm hoping they use these as test beds for other things that we can do in the future. That's it. Yes. But if they only use these as events, then the rest of the game is going to feel very stale. I mean, like I mostly play Destiny, not for the content, but so I can hang out with my friends. But I, at the same time, have been finding myself playing other games more and more. Because it's just not holding my attention like it used to. So, I mean, we'll see. Um, there were some patch notes that are worth sharing. There's a lot of patch notes because it's the end of the season. And now that the new season's out, um, there are way more patch notes. And, um, with the next couple of episodes being little lores after this, uh, we won't have any patch notes or updates for you until the next like actual full episode when Almas and I are back. So this is all you get.
0: Yeah, unfortunately.
1: Sorry, not sorry. We're moving in on vacation at the same time. So, lol.
0: Real life comes first.
1: That's the number one rule in our Discord. Real life comes first. <laughs> this just happens to be a real bad time. Yeah. I should not be going on vacation at the same time that Joe's moving <laughs> into my house.
0: But I mean,. And you need to treat yourself, too. So, I mean.
1: I had this planned for, like, months and months and months and months and months. And then, like, we decided to move in together. So, (laughs) it just happened.
0: Right. So, like, at this point, this was previously meditated on. So, like. Yeah. He can't get mad or anything. And I don't think he would.
1: No. And then GCX is happening. So. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, here are the patch notes we're sharing. Uh, There's an increased strange coins earned from the rewards chest and dares of eternity from one to three, because I know we're all hurting for, you know, our postmasters to be filled faster with strange coins because I've full. I have had full strange coins like. Well,
0: honestly, I mean, that just means that just means that we do dares more often. We go buy bounties and stuff. But, like, have you bought bounties? No. Because that's that's what you use the strange coins for. For the big bounties? For any of the Star Horse bounties. Or buying uh, some of the packages.
1: I thought the, store, the Star Horse bounties were all used by Glimmer. And then only the big bounties, the uh, big Star Horse bounties were... Oh, the Zur bounties are Glimmer, and then the Star Horse bounties are strange coins. Correct. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Anyway, um, power increase is all up 10 points because it always is because it's a new season. Congratulations. The power level does not fucking matter in this game. Ever. There's really no reason for it. I don't even know why we do it.
0: Yeah. It's getting to that point. It's
1: it's artificial power. Like, seriously, like it's an artificial power level increase. They only do it to keep you in the game.
0: It's an artificial grind. and yeah, like they only
1: do it to keep you in the game. Like, if they want you to be 25 points below to do Grandmasters, then just, like, require you to be, like, level 110 before you can do a Grandmaster. Easy. Done. Whatever.
0: Yeah. But uh, this next one is actually really exciting.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I know! Vault space has been increased by a hundred spots!
0: Yep. While we know this doesn't enable players to save every single piece of loot in the game, the team was able to pull some strings and get a little more space for your vaults as they continue to investigate future solutions.
1: Yeah, well, do you know what? Like, maybe make it so we can actually pull stuff out of our, you know, out of our collections again? Yeah. Because collections are useless if you have random rolls and everything is random rolled. So.
0: Well, and at this point I, I rarely even use them for exotics because it's everything comes out at the floor and then I got to infuse it up. Yep. I might as well just go grind out the exotic.
1: Oh, I mean, it also pulls the exotic at like a 48 and it's garbage. Yeah. It doesn't even pull out like a good exotic. Yeah. So uh
0: and then if it's an armor
1: piece I keep it. If it's a weapon I don't.
0: Some of the the weapons that I use more often I keep.
1: Yeah. So that's
0: like true. Ariana's Vow, Arbalest, even though I hate it.
1: I love Arbalest. Wither I like exclusively use Arbalest. But you know I, me. I I
0: just I I have a hard time with the actual aiming of it. Like I oh. I will miss 4 out of 5
1: shots. I'm a crack shot with Arbalest. I'm disgusting with Arbalest. I will map you with Arbalest. I'm gross with Arbalest.
0: Anywho, uh, Scorn Sniper damage is going to be brought in line with other combatant sniper weapons. Yes. And reduced. Yes. So we are not going to get one shot by Scorn Snipers anymore.
1: No, we aren't. Yay. Not like their original tweet, which was very funny. I'm trying to find it. It was the original two. It's was very funny. The original one. <laughs> the original one said increased scorn in crossbow damage by 300% ensuring players will always be one shot by their attacks, no matter their power level or how many damage resist modifiers they have equipped. Don't worry, that's a joke. I had you there for a second, didn't I? Here's the real patch note. Yeah. And then that one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was very funny.
0: And that got me for a moment. I was like, you've Uh got to be freaking kidding me.
1: Yeah, it was very funny. I read (laughs) it and I'm like, oh, Bungie, you're so funny. You're so funny. Also, the new Dungeon is live Friday the 27th. Yep. So, Provided this episode comes out on time, it should be live today. Yes. Mm -hmm. So what's included with it?
0: And that's going to include one armor set per class. Uh, Artifice versions for the master difficulty, uh, just like how it was with the loot cave. Mm -hmm. Four legendary new weapons, two legendary reprised weapons, one exotic weapon, one catalyst, one exotic accessory, a ship or sparrow. I don't know why it said a ship or sparrow, considering we're only going to get one. But I guess they want that to be a mystery. And then two legendary emblems. One of which is probably going to be for Solo Flawless. Very cool. Trials is going to be on hiatus until June 10th.
1: It and, usually is not available for the few, first few weeks of the season.
0: Yeah. And during Iron Banner as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's why it's going to be June 10th. Because the first week is going to end up being you know, new content. And then the second week is Iron Banner.
1: Right. I forgot that Iron Banner is the second week. And Iron Banner, power level does not matter. So look out for your mountaintops, your recluses, and your revocals.
0: I'm pulling out Not Forgotten.
1: And your Not Forgotten's. Uh, So have fun with those guys and your uh, Randy's Throwing Knives. Because that's good too. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to pull out Bygones.
0: Oh! Oh! I had bought a bygones before the actual like. Oh,
1: yeah. I had the original bygones. That was very good because I used to just absolutely destroy people in Crucible with that thing.
0: I am so glad I am so it was very glad. good bygones.
1: Also, my trust was really good. I had a really good trust that I kept. I have a very good Ostringer that I kept. All of those are super viable and people are like, oh, you didn't use sunset weapons. Um, Pardon me, sir. Um, My my brother in the Traveler's Light. um, Yes. Yes, I do use uh, weapons that have been sunset in Crucible all the time. So please enjoy me revoking you from across the map. I can't wait. This is gonna be fun.
0: Man, I wish I would have kept an Ostringer.
1: I have a very good Ostringer. I can't wait.
0: I had an excellent one. And I just.
1: I have a bunch of really good sunset weapons still. Um, I also have a bunch of really good black armory weapons. I have a Kindled Orchid that's a really good roll also.
0: I have a Blast Furnace that's a good roll. Oh, Blast Furnace so good. Like 99 range. Oh, I will nasty. map people.
1: <laughs> you nasty. Oh. <laughs> Black Armory is so good. <laughs> Bring back Black Armory, you coward. <sighs> uh, I'll do the ding for myself. Take. <laughs> <laughs> Lore Network ad.
0: <laughs> Lore Network ad.
1: Awesome. The Lore Network.
2: Have you ever wished that someone could just read you the lore? Destiny Lore Audiophile may be just the podcast you've been looking for. Join us as we bring the stories of Destiny to life, with straight readings of your favorite lore with no analysis or commentary, or as we breathe life into these tales with acting, sound effects, and music. Currently, you can find Destiny Lore Audiophile on Podbean, Spotify, and iTunes, at Destiny Lore Audiophile. Audiophile is spelled with a PH instead of an F. You can find both readings and radio dramatizations of selected lore books and weblores by talented voice actors from the Destiny community. Episode releases will be announced from our Twitter pages at Hayets Orchid and at Rendell so be sure to follow and subscribe so you don't miss a single performance. See you there. How's that ad? It made
0: me forget some of the sting of deleting sunset weapons.
1: (gasps) Shouldn't have done that. Should be like me and just hoard all the weapons. (laughs) Well, but like,
0: I got up to 500 weapons in my vault. Like, I I had to do something.
1: Uh, That's why you just delete your other two characters. (laughs) Oh, God. Just delete all their stuff. You're not exactly Uh, wrong. uh Uh-huh. I know. I know. Right. Anyway, Anyway. um, here's a brief intro into the topic. This book is obtained by completing the Over Your Dead Body Triumph, Over Your Dead Body Elemist, which is to run PsyOps Battlegrounds and defeat Light Hoarders. They're hoarding Light, we're hoarding uh, deleted weapons. Uh, This goes into more detail about Saladin's Inkblot cutscene. For the first half of this book, go back and listen to episode 146, please. Yeah. Yeah. Alright. Do you want to read the next entry? Absolutely. Cool.
0: This is entry three. Plea deal. Saladin breaks through the tree line on the back slope of a collapsed bluff. Behind him lies the breadth of the old forest. Shadow slinking away before the dawn. He and Isra had trekked two kilometers from Kepri's village to close in on the location of a Golden Age receiver. Atop the bluff, Saladin turns his attention to a steep, sunken basin in front of him, fallen in on itself under the pressure of one of Earth's many invasions. A rusted antenna from the bygone era still penetrates through the rubble in the middle of overgrowth, debris, and ruined transmission dishes. Faded block lettering runs down the length of the antenna which read, Point Perihelion. Centered below the antenna, Saladin can make out a tarnished hatch. The signal in the longhouse was a recording device, Isra explains. Its transmission was received from here. So. The thief planted a recon device unbeknownst to the villagers. Saladin concludes, Clever way to find openings, Isara says. I'm not detecting electric current. There must be a power cell underneath all that rubble. Fellow Felwinter Peak could make use of it, she notes. Raiders seem unlikely. No violence in the village no territorial claims, and they stole a pig, of all things," Saladin says. Sounds more like a starving animal. Isra hums in consideration. Wild animals get put down when they start killing livestock. Saladin chuckles. And feral wolves become loyal hounds when shown mercy. Isn't that right, Isra? Sometimes. Eventually. Isra sighs. You want to protect the people here? Empower the lords with whatever tech is running down there? Impose order before a warlord seizes control? Don't chase strays hoping to tame them. As luck would have it, we can do both. Saladin's mouth curls into a rare smirk. Luck isn't something we should depend on, Forge. Once at the antenna base, Saladin notes traces of rubbed-away rust on the hatch's hinges. He surveys the many gaps and recesses scattered through the fields of debris around him, awaiting an ambush from one of them. When none appear, Saladin scoffs as if offended, and spins the hatch wheel until it thuds loudly and drops open. Saladin recoils as putrid odor floods his nose. He takes the axe from his back and sets it aflame. Flickering illumination scatters shadows throughout the dark hatchway. The room is of moderate size, mostly buried beneath encroaching nature. It appears to be the remnants of a control tower erected to bridge a communicational divide. Several preserved slogans in long-dead languages line the interior walls, their meanings lost on him. Anyone? He asks. Carbon levels suggest a handful of recent inhabitants. Some deep composition but electrical interference is scrambling my readings. Old-fashioned way, then, Saladin says, slipping into the opening. His feet slam to the floor under the weight of his armor, followed by Isara. Sudden movement catches his eye. He prepares to swing as a silhouette dashes toward him and squeals. He snatches the pig mid-dash. It thrashes in his grasp. El me." Saladin grumbles. Holding the squirming hog, he sweeps the lit axe over the room, stopping to examine a shadowed corner full of stacked garbage. Isra homes in on the same spot and ignites her flashlight to reveal a face, a filthy shoulder, and a gun barrel half-buried and hidden among the refuse good pig the young girl has him at gunpoint flat-footed saladin's brow furrows as he eyes his opponent no older than fourteen a wilder child wrapped in furs and smears of dirt i will put you in a hole her unsteady voice grapples with seldom spoken syllables no lie The scrawny girl's dim eyes and matted hair are silvered with persistent trauma. Saladin steps forward, his massive frame overshadowing the wilder child girl. You're not going to kill me, girl. I'll take your demon when you're dead. The girl hesitates for a moment before yelling. I know it gives magic. Then Jackson will be afraid too experience had clearly deafened her to empathy. Morality was a luxury for a civilized age she'd never known. Isra bursts out laughing behind Saladin. Try. The girl swings the rifle to Isra and fires. Saladin drops Elmi to clattering squeals and stops the bullet in the air with his hand before it contacts his ghost. He picks the round from the interior backplate of his gauntlet, blood running from the fresh hole in his palm. Whoever you stole these from is underpacking their grains. She hisses at him and hastily tries to slip another dirty round into the chamber. Saladin rushes the girl. He slaps the rifle from her hands and lifts her aloft by her scruff. She stares directly into his eyes, accepting the death blow to come. Now that you're listening, Saladin places her feet to the floor. Sit down, child. Her expression is a caked mask of survival feud. A hair's heart from expiration. He had felt that waking confusion before, risen into nothing with nothing. Saladin knows the penalty for theft is death, but that action was final. He also knows the strength of potential, of justice beyond the letter, of mercy. She needs something of sense to hold against the barrage of madness the world had become. Your name. Just kill me. I'm not a warlord girl. Saladin, a banneret, plants his molten axe firmly in the ground, blood from his hands sizzling down the haft. I won't show you death. I'll show you a way to live. Still, her eyes do not leave the burning axe for some time. She refuses rations, as no one had ever given her something without the intent to extract far more in return. Last time. Name? Farah. If you were hungry, I'm sure that village would have taken you in. Winter soon, and stealing. What if you'd driven that village to starvation. The girl stares through him vacantly. Jackson said bring gifts. Promise to give my brother back. Isra patches Saladin's hand with light. And did he? She asks. Farah's vapid expression falters. Saladin eyes the refuse pile behind her under Isra's light. A wrapped child's body is buried within the mound. He places a gentle hand on the girl's shoulder. Take me to Jackson. The hike to the Warlord's Commune is several days north. Over the journey, Saladin teaches the girl to trap rabbits and hunt game. Where she sees a predator inflicting their will. Saladin explains the mercy of delivering a quick death. He tells her the wolf does not hunt for themselves, but for the pack. Alone, they are mongrels, driven by instinct and hunger. That violence spreads. It is the promise of the pack that keeps them true. It is the order that binds us together. They make camp on the outskirts of Jackson's hold. Saladin rolls stringy meat between his glowing palms, and the smell of cooking hair fills his nostrils. It is a catch from Farah's first sturdy trap, a bounty they share in peace. You see? Together, we can provide for each other. Saladin hands Farah a cooked leg. This is how we go from simply surviving to living. Community. Order. Laws. That is how
2: we move forward.
0: What are laws? Farah asks, mouthful of rabbit. They're rules. Promises of how to treat each other. Promises break, she says, swallowing. People like me make sure they're kept. People like you could, too. Saladin sees her confusion and continues. Sometimes when a lord can't remain to protect an area, we appoint a vassal in our stead. Pharaoh looks at him quizzically. Someone to watch over the woods while I'm gone. Someone like you, who understands why promises should be kept. Saladin unclasps a chain from his neck. This makes you one of our pack, Fera. A wolf, and we protect our own. How? she asks, grasping the talisman tightly as Saladin hangs it around her fragile neck. Like you, there will be others who need a place. Find them. Bring them back to the village you stole from. Promise to protect each other. That is how. In the morning, Farah takes Saladin to the edge of Jackson's encampment where the woods give way to craggy rock and dry dirt. The Iron Lord tells her to await his return at their campsite. He strides into Jackson's camp as alarm yells, raise defenders. Farah steps back into the tree line, but she does not leave. Farah watches the Iron Lord tear through body after body with brutal efficiency. A savage, blood-drunk beast. The young girl devours every violent image of its axe spilling sizzling crimson. She delights in the beast's hollow reception. <clears throat> she delights in the beast's hollow reception to their screams for mercy. Her wide eyes fill with lightning, flame and gore. It is a painting of cathartic balance. Though she does not know the words, it is a vengeful righteousness that takes hold in her. The beast is Jackson's punishment for misdeeds, promised order imposed through dominance. Pharah rubs her talisman when the warlord Jackson emerges, amethyst light surrounding A moment of fear creeps into her heart as Jackson bellows laughter and charges. But he too falls under an obliterating column of lightning, called down by the beast's thunderous roar. All that remains is the crackle of his cindered bones flaking into ash. She smiles. Saladin stands at the edge of Jackson's burning encampment. He looks to the lightning-scorched earth where Jackson had stood and summons Isra. Isra surveys the aftermath. Good. But you're going to let the girl go? Stealing food and attacking an Iron Lord are death offenses. And you want to do nothing? Isra's doubt is palpable. Saladin knows she's seen how wild things age. You're procrastinating, she fumes. Vera's young enough to find a different future. Saladin meets Isra's gaze, just like I did. Isra whirs with exasperation. The world is full of wayward orphans, Forge. Your job is to enforce iron laws not interpret gray areas. I am an iron lord, and our laws are mine to interpret, as I see fit. Saladin snaps. We'll salvage the battery and bring her back to Kepri with the pig. Then we are leaving. His voice is stern and unyielding. That's the end of it.
1: You did really good. That was really intense.
0: (laughs) Thank you. I just, I have fun with Isra's voice. But like, I I mean, that's totally like self-imposed. Like there's no canon on what her voice sounds like. So it's just, I decided it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. For me, her voice would be, she's, she seems to me more like a Sagira would be, Um, because she seems more just like a real piece of shit, (laughs) but like not in the fun way like Sagira is.
0: Well, and and I just kind of, I, I just kind of figured that she was kind of like this posh personality that like, well, of course you're going to be doing these things. You know, this is the way it's supposed to be. The fact that you're going against the way it is or it's supposed to be is just stupid. You know?
1: I uh, I knew people like that. It's not really posh. It's just being a bitch.
0: (laughs) Ah, that's fair. But yeah. So, what
1: did you what did you think of um finding the girl and like the journey to find her?
0: Like that was kind of an intense scene.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: In my mind, it played out like. A horror scene. Yes, you know he's down in in this dark area. He's got a flashlight, and the first thing that moves is the pig. So he he catches the pig, and then all of a sudden she's on him like mm-hmm. right away. Yes, like she used the pig as bait.
1: She really did. And re- having read this now in Align with having seen the ink blot. Um, the ink blot makes her look very innocent, and like, oh, woe was me. But that—that's not in line with this at all. That's very discordant with how this is written, right? Because the ink blot shows her kind of as this innocent girl. Oh, I'm just protecting myself. Like I needed this to survive. Like this shows her as being very crafty. Um, I will put a hole in you and no lie. Like, she's gonna she's gonna fucking shank him. Right. She is ready to do murders.
0: Right.
1: (laughs) Well, and and this girl is scary as fuck. And I don't know if it's because we know the ending that like she becomes the the next warlord. So and like wipes out the village but like you can see the makings of like the very unstable she is by herself she's ready to do the murders like she's very crafty she uses the bait she well, and, she's and, very dangerous and wary
0: so to me it makes sense why her character goes down that road mm-hmm. you know she was promised her brother back and then all of a sudden she gets him back but it's just the body and considering she's like pre-teens you know possibly you know teens that's gotta do something to you so like she's got all this trauma that at this point she doesn't trust anyone um because of it and this guy comes in, essentially tells her, you know, yeah, I'm, you're one of my people now. I'll I'll protect you. He shows her how to to survive off of the land, and then he goes in and does a bunch of murders. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, this delights me. Like it, it's just it it's the the section where she's actually just watching him kill these these light bearers and people like it is just unnerving
1: yes what the fuck
0: it is unnerving
1: i do not like that part no thank you i'm not into this no
0: and like i can understand why she smiles about it because like oh the guy who killed my brother is finally dead but, like, she should not have gotten as much joy out of that as she seemed to. I just, mm, that was wrong.
1: <laughs> it's uh, like someone who gets titillated from doing the murders, discovering that they get titillated from doing the murders. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, this feels good. oh, oh. This feels really good. Oh. It's like, no, stop. God, why? Right? Jesus Christ.
0: It makes sense. But I'm sitting here like, I don't like any of this. Yeah. But like, we're not supposed to. This is the Dark Ages. This just goes to show how dark they really were
1: Mm -hmm. it really does um we've always talked about kind of the dark ages and warlords but we've never really seen how dark they really were we get kind of glimpses during the black armory papers and other times you know a man with no name um yeah man with no name is another one um What's another good one where we got glimpses Um, pigeon in the Phoenix. We got a couple of glimpses. Yeah. Um, But we've never really gotten a more full picture as we have here. Like this is some really just like debased shit that we've just read. And. It's hard to. Conceive that things were this hard that that humanity was this lost yeah, but maybe in if you look at it from a different perspective that the traveler and the um, guardians really did pull everything together, it just took a while. It's like standing for what's right. they really did fix things. you know, it just took a bit. Yeah. so I mean there's like good yeah, at they, the end of the did. story. you just have to get there. Just the last city, you just had to get to it.
0: That journey is the the hard part though. Like that is mm-hmm. the hard pill to swallow.
1: Yeah. Unfortunately, the the journey is always the the hard part. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But would you like to cover Should the I... next one?
1: Yeah, the last one. Yeah. Because this is only four entries.
0: God, it feels so much longer. <laughs>
1: All right, I'm going to read the last one. Four. Few words between them. Winter wind sweeps over the forest of pine. Fresh snowfall smattering tops the canopy. Azira mentions the pines are much taller than when Saladin had last seen them. He cannot imagine their aging. He only sees what is there now. If he could have stood beneath their needles and watched their 50 years of growth, would he notice the difference? The spot where he had burned the warlord's hold is covered in new growth and snow. He draws a mental line from it to the bluff where he'd met Frera all those years ago, then to Kepri's village. Blurry smoke ascends through the woods in snow flurry, A cooking fire, maybe. Bacon, he'd hoped. Saladin leans over the ridge where he had fallen before and steps over the edge. Under thin slush, Saladin and Azira find the once well-trodden path towards Kepri's village. No one meets them on the road, though Azira catches several signs of sudden movement on her scanners. Animals. Saladin suggests. Looking through the breaks in the branches, he notices a thickening black smoke against the snowfall. A ghostly mist winds through the thinning pines as the duo reach Kepri's village. Smells of singed hair and burnt pork invade the winter air. Iron Lord and Ghost exchange looks before she decompiles. Saladin rushes into the clearing, fool's remedy in hand and snow crunching under his heavy boots. He follows glistening bloodlines soaked into the soot and snow through empty pens devoid of hay, past hollow wooden skeletons of rotted homes until they meet at the rusted frame of a desiccated longhouse. Through snow blind and moth ridden tatters, he sees them. Graves. Lines of them. Then piles of stone. Bare mounds of shallow, churned earth follow. Smoke rises behind them over a dugout depression. Saladin fixates on the number of them. The groupings. He counts them as he walks, until he reaches the edge of the smoking pit and the numbers lose all meaning. A huddled, smoking mass of carnage lay tangled in the pit before him, cauterized panic still smoldering in the frigid air. Saladin stares into the sunken sockets of a charred face. He imagines Kepri's face staring back at him. Was it him? Features all burned away. Years older. Saladin turns to see Azira studying something in the longhouse. Through flames rising in his eyes, he sees a crude reproduction of an iron sigil nestled in a wolf's blackened skull. The Golden Age antenna no longer received signals. It was bent, unable to discern anything for itself, but still able to throw noise into the sky. A new settlement had formed around it, fenced with wooden spears, and built along the basin in a spiral shape. Saladin makes his way inside the oddly vacant encampment, unharried, and descends where once a hatch had led him down into a center of communication. Now a hollow building lay carved open. A path of set stones had been pressed into the ground over years of foot traffic. Crimson moss takes root in the mud that fill in the gaps. It flows underground to an open hall, like an estuary. He tells Azira to stay outside to watch his back. Silvered eyes pierce through the dim hall fashioned from the surrounding comms station. Saladin watches the moonlight gleaming off them like two dancing spirits. He sees himself in that fearless stare. I didn't imagine I'd see you here again, young one. It's been a long time since anyone called me young. Era, packmaster, sits upon a scrap heap of a throne at the rear of the hall, eight rugged gunners flanking her. She's a woman now, several decades of age and violence etched into her sun-scarred skin and wizened face. Her finger taps a half-missing ear, long-heeled. You came from far away. What for? Rumors of rabid wolves prowling the outlands. Saladin looks to the men flanking Farah. Are these yours? Farah leers at the crest on Saladin's armor. My pack. Most are hunting now. I removed the warlord and you took his place. Saladin's voice is thick with rage. Same as it ever was, Farah muses. Someone had to keep order in your absence. Saladin scans the room with disgust. This is not what I taught you. Ferris smiles and looks to her comrades. Isn't it? They're orphans of the forest, like me. YOU LOST YOURSELF, Saladin barks as he steps forward, his finger slipping inside the trigger guard of his holstered weapon. Farrah cackles breathily, (laughs) because I followed you. I asked for forgiveness for stealing, and they took my ear. So next time I met them, I took back. It continued until they lost everything. She gestures behind her to the grinning disciples in stashes of stolen goods. The pack decides what is best. Iron lords don't slaughter innocent villages. We don't starve people. I don't murder children. Saladin growls, heat building under his skin. What do you do when a warlord refuses to bow? Order is imposed, old grey lord, or have you forgotten your lessons?" She shifts in her seat. "'I learned that, when you slapped the rifle out of my hand, when you leveled Jackson's camp, I understood. I made a mistake thinking what you needed was mercy,' Saladin exhales. The Iron Lord swiftly unholsters Fool's remedy. A quick burst drops Farah's rightmost wolf, leaving the pack stunned. Saladin steps forward and kicks Farah's throne, sending her and the chair skipping across the ground like a pond stone, until it crashes and pins her to the far wall. Farah's leftmost wolf draws a wicked machete and lunges. Saladin whips the axe from his back with his off hand and cleaves the bandit clean, pelvis to crown. The two halves slump limply to the floor. Horror freezes the pack as blood pools around them. Farah's shrill voice screams, Put him down! Bullets cross in the air as muzzle flashes erupt in every direction. Saladin pivots to face the bulk of the pack, rattling off rounds as freely as his armor and body are receiving them. He kills, too. There is no cover. There is no retreat. This is a reckoning. Wolves whine and die around him. A shotgun blast catches his shoulder, drawing blood and disarming his pistol. He staggers back under the debt of his wounds. Red drips from beneath his epaulette but pain is the furthest thing from his mind. He ignites the arm in fiery light and casts a solar hammer that caves in the shotgunner's skull with a sizzling pop. The second-to-last wolf drops an empty weapon and tries to run. Saladin heaves his axe across the hall and catches the coward in the back. They collapse under the heft of the molten blade and combust. He turns to the last wolf, frantically trying to reload their weapon. They back into a corner as they rack their rifle and spray rounds. Saladin charges through the gunfire and slams them into the wall. He unleashes a barrage of arc-wreathed fists that pulverize his foe into convulsing pulp. Saladin sees Farah still pinned and struggling beneath the throne burning wreckage around her. He grimaces as he flips the throne off her, wraps hands around her neck, and lifts her aloft. His fingers crush the air from her throat until they feel spine. His body aches. He pauses to catch his breath, to see remorse in her eyes. Vera places a gentle hand on his fingers, long until one comes to repay your violence," she wheezes. Their eyes meet. Saladin's grip loosens. With her other hand, Farah plunges a narrow blade into Saladin's neckline. He winces and turns to see the thin sliver of metal in her hand. Saladin meets her eyes again. There is no fear. His grip tightens until bone shatters. He releases and lets her body crumple where it lands. He watches the life slip from her eyes, replaced by pain, trembling near death. Saladin picks up his sidearm and delivers her one final mercy. Azira floats near the settlement's fence a small shadow against early morning sun piercing through snow flurries. Saladin climbs the distance to her before she heals his wounds. The journey is a purifying penance, he tells himself. Pain, he can abide.
0: That is brutal.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is.
0: Like, oh my God.
1: <laughs> oh boy.
0: I I. so from the start mm-hmm. Saladin take it, it takes him 50 years to decide to check up on you know the village
1: I mean in 50 years are people even so alive that he knew like is kepri so alive in 50 years because it seems like... It's very medieval back then, so it seems like a 20-year-old would be dead very quickly.
0: Oh, actually, I'm sorry. I misunderstood that part. Uh, If he could have stood beneath their needles and watched their 50 years of growth, would he notice the difference? So that makes it sound like it it is 50 years that it passed.
1: Yeah, but I don't think it was 50 years. Right. It was like 30 years or 20 or 10. It was not that long.
0: Right. But the fact is, like, he decided to check up on the village. And he came upon a bunch of graves.
1: Yes. More graves. And more graves. And then just a burn pit of body.
0: Yep. So at that point, I don't blame him for the reaction that he had. If anything, I blame him for not checking up on the village before then because like he left enough time that this preteen girl was able to grow up into an adult and set all of her organization in in place you know get people to work for her and essentially become a warlord herself even though she did not have the light so like I'm going to go out and say that this is all negligence on Saladin's part. Not for the mercy that he showed, but for the lack of attention after he solved their problem.
1: I feel like we can't really blame him for not going back and checking on her over the last 20 years. Or checking on the village because he's only one man and there are only, what, like 10 iron lords okay but he's still one guy
0: there were upwards of like 30 or 40 with all the auxiliary ones
1: he's still like of like the main ones
0: yeah of the main ones there's you know 10 or 12 okay so
1: let's count only the main ones it's like 10 or 12 but
0: like there's also the the auxiliary iron lords that that joined so like there's there's upwards of like 30 or 40. He could have sent one of them out to go check.
1: Yeah, but I don't like the fact that he even just went back. I don't know. He's trying. He's doing his best. Why am I defending him?
0: <laughs> I don't know.
1: I don't, why do I feel the need to defend him? I don't even like him, but I feel the need to defend him right now. Like he's doing his best. Even if his best and, is not great.
0: And, and all I'm getting at is just. Just a checkup, you know. Hey, I solved your problem. How's everything going? You know, because at that point, like, if there was a problem, it would have been solved. Like, after five years of of things happening, there wouldn't have been as many deaths as there were,
1: or there might have.
0: I mean, I I just I don't I don't see this purely you know, him making a mistake because he showed mercy. I see it as Mm -hmm. negligence after the fact.
1: Right. It's interesting towards the end of this, when he's ready to just absolutely crush her windpipe that he hesitates. And instead of crushing her like right away after she says, how long until one comes to repay your violence? And she's not wrong
0: no especially when you realize that like she apologized and asked for forgiveness for stealing and they took her ear
1: i mean it's just like in a lot of other older or middle eastern countries where like if you steal something they take your hand or whatever in like olden times is like a show of oh like you stole something goodbye arm you stole something goodbye hand
0: I'm pretty sure there are still some countries out there that do that.
1: I I think there are, but I'm not going to name them. Right. But there's like there are laws still on books in places where they will take your whatever. But that's it strikes me as a law like that, that, you know, you steal something, you lose a body part. So you steal a pig, you lose your ear. So she didn't like the fact that she went back to apologize and they're like, "Okay, yeah, well, we're going to take your ear now because you stole the thing. Even if you apologized, like you shouldn't have stolen the thing. And she thought, oh, apologies are fine. There's no consequences. Like there's always going to be consequences for your actions. Right. Like she learned the hard way that there are consequences and she didn't like that. So she's like, well, there are consequences for your consequences of cutting my ear off. Like maybe you shouldn't have stolen the thing just saying
0: you're not wrong and
1: people will come back and be like oh well you should have made sure everyone had enough food to eat
0: but the problem is like you
1: can't feed the world at the same time like there's got to be a limit right
0: like these are the dark ages yeah like this village is lucky enough if they have moldy bread yes so absolutely at this point like i understand why they did what they did but at the same time it's like i just
1: yeah it's rough it's, yeah there's no limit on as to the back and forth of well you need to make sure that she doesn't steal something well she is not like the consequences the consequences for her is to just murder everybody okay that's an escalation maybe don't escalate that much right which i'm like i know i'm oversimplifying it
0: but yeah but i
1: mean like i realize i'm oversimplifying it
0: yeah there are nuances to it but like the oversimplification isn't wrong i know like you're not wrong for it
1: yeah but anyway did you enjoy the book in comparison to the inkblot i should say like comparing the two since this was really just a deep dive into the ink blot that we got week three for the seasonal story,
0: I enjoyed the ink blot. I did not like the book. Really, a lot of the book felt like there was just violence for the sake of violence.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And like I know that that's how the story was, but mm-hmm. it it still just makes me feel uneasy. And and maybe that's the point. But I just did not like it
1: this feels like destiny lore via showtime
0: my god right
1: yeah but i think it's very illustrative of how destiny or how the dark ages were and how warlords were um and maybe why warlords were the way they were and how it wasn't all warlords not all yeah. warlords, because she is not a warlord, but she was a warlord.
0: She was a warlord, just not a lightbearer.
1: Yeah. So maybe we need to redefine what a warlord is, because in my mind, all warlords were lightbearers, but that's not true. Right. Because she's clearly a warlord. She is not a light bearer. But They are the same thing.
0: I'm starting to think that that might be the point of this. This book is that it's because like f- throughout the Dark Ages, we knew that, you know, it, it, warlords were the bad ones. Right. They were they were the bad light bearers. Mm-hmm. But this is starting to show that it's not just the light bearers that were horrible. Yeah. Some of the civilians were just god awful
1: Mm mm-hmm
0: right and maybe that's the point
1: that could be the point I do think a lot of it also I don't know like maybe part of it is also that we're very much on like over a year now has been like you just need to redefine your expectations of what everything is and everything has a gray area like guardians are not guardians. They're just, they're just light bearers. You know, like what is a guardian? Yeah. Guardians can use the light. Guardians can use stasis. Like it doesn't, the light doesn't necessarily mean that you're a guardian or that you're good or evil because the hive have the light. That doesn't necessarily mean they're good or evil. Like Finch is a ghost that has been helping us. The jury is still out whether he is good or bad. I don't trust him, but that's me. He's a fun character.
0: I I have a whole other rant about him, but like that's that's beside that's the for point. A different
1: that's for a different time, different yeah. time in a different place. Yeah, but it's stuff like that. So this has been a very nuanced season, year, couple of years. Like, we learned that the darkness and the light are not necessarily true. We're now learning that maybe guardians and not guardians are kind of the same also. So once we don't have the Traveler anymore next season, we'll learn that the shapes don't matter either. So uh, fuck uh, geometry, you know, (laughs) whatever.
0: Fuck geometry, whatever.
1: (laughs) I don't know. Like triangles and circles, they're all the same thing. <laughs> I don't know.
0: And clovers and red balloons.
1: Ah, and I lift balloons. <laughs> uh, did I enjoy the book? Yeah. I mean, I liked it for the point of getting a look into... The way back times of the long befores. <laughs> That's all I liked it for. Do I like Saladin still? No. I do not. Do I like his ghost? She's fun. Like, I had a good time with her.
0: Oh, yeah. Would I like
1: to voice her in a thing. Yeah. If we do, if we do this book, I uh, dibs. Oh, yeah. Hot dibs. And uh, yeah, hot dibs on that one. I would She's love. She's a good time.
0: I would love more of Isra.
1: She's fun. She's she's good times. I like her. Um, the girl who is the crazy girl in this, she is terrifying. Uh, I, whoever wrote this did a really good job. My one complaint is that the entries are way too long. Uh, I really wish they were shorter and we had more entries. It just like split them up a little bit more. Yes. Because, like, this is a literal book. There's just like shorter entries, please.
0: Like, entry three was five pages.
1: Yes. Good job. You did so good. I'm so proud of you. You really stuck with it. I had enough time to go make Ego waffles in the kitchen, toast them from frozen, put butter on them, and then consume them (laughs) while you read that. I made an entire breakfast. And ate them Fuck. while you read that entry. So thank you for allowing me to eat breakfast.
0: Anything to help.
1: Uh huh. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. Uh huh. I mean, <sighs> in I like this. It, this was a really nice companion too. The ink blot. Um, it was. Which which I really appreciated. So that was really nice.
0: I, I do agree with that um, because mm-hmm. the, the ink blot was literally just a oh, yeah, just a, a quick overview of what happened and this dove yeah. further.
1: And that is really cool. The ink blot was really I love the art style and whoever does those it's fantastic. Oh, my fabulous God, job. Right? Like beautiful art, like lovely drawings. I love how they make them. Um, I really wish they do them every single season. I think they do now. They've been doing them consistently. So, like, I really hope we see another one next season. Like, I am really enjoying those. They really add to, you know, yeah, the spice of the lore. Can I say that? Is that a thing you can say? <laughs> I'm going to say it is.
0: Why not? I mean,
1: uh-huh. it makes the lore really nice. It like brings it alive, and I think it, that really adds to it. It makes people excited for it, and I like people being excited for the lore, so it's good.
0: Well, and, and heck, I mean, honestly, my favorite ink blot was Saint Fourteen realizing he was a monster.
1: Oh, that was so good. That was. Such I think that a was the best one. one. Hmm. I think that was the best one. And, and By like. Far.
0: And, like, part of that might have also been because of, like, the implications and, you know, thinking it through, you know, why he is the, or he's viewed that way and that kind of stuff. But, like, it was so well done.
1: It really was. It was really, really well done. So do you have any shout outs?
0: Uh, shout out to my girlfriend because she's been helping me keep my sanity.
1: Oh, that's so nice
0: and maybe lose it. I'm not sure.
1: <laughs> I was going to say that's such a big job. I don't know how she's doing it. So.
0: But yeah, she's she's been helping me with real life crap over the last couple of weeks. So like and and she's going to be helping me even more with real life crap over the next couple of weeks. The next several. So like I I'm I am so thankful for her.
1: Mm, I'm so glad.
0: What about you? Shoutouts?
1: Um, good luck to everyone going to GCX in a couple of weeks. I hope you guys have a lot of fun since this is our last shoutout before. Uh, I think before the end, like all of the next shoutouts we're all going to do are all going to be really silly shoutouts to like weapons and uh, armor pieces and shit. So to real life shoutouts, So everyone who's going, uh, be safe and uh, socially distance, wear a mask. COVID is still out there. Be really careful, please. Seriously.
0: I second that.
1: Be careful. Like, not even kidding. Okay. Like, everyone gets sick at conventions anyway because you're just around people that you're not usually around. But COVID is still out there. Like, be careful. Not even joking. Um, have a really good time everybody buy art if you see artists out there that are adorable and um, have a good time and uh, I'm still doing the lore panel so attend the lore panel either virtually or in real life and I will see you there hooray that's my shout out so have fun at GCX have a good time
0: I second that
1: yeah Enjoy Florida. I hope it's warm and that it's fun for you. I really kind of wish I was going, but I have a dog to watch.
0: And and so. I I'm personally not going because I'm I've You're
1: moving. <laughs>
0: uh, well, I like I'm I'm moving and I've got anxiety about anything and everything, so like I'm just I'm not at that point yet where I want to do conventions.
1: I like, have the, the immune system of glass, so I cannot go.
0: Like, I just recently went to a movie theater, and that that was a big step.
1: Wow, that's huge.
0: So, like...
1: That's huge.
0: I don't know if I'm ready to turn that up to 10.
1: <laughs> I mean, do you know what? Like, that's okay. There's always next year. I'm I'm going to try to go next year. I don't know. I mean, this might be it, honestly, for like how many problems I've heard they've been having and like how much of a pain in the ass it is to do like this might be it. So this may be your last chance. Just saying.
0: Yeah. I don't know. And and that sucks. But I mean, I can understand it.
1: Yeah. And like, ugh, God, just like the idea of conventions is exhausting, but I want to see people. So I like want to go. But at the same time, it's like, uh. Like if I go, like I put myself at risk, so I'm like, "Mm." but I really want to go. Anyway, um, here's some special thanks for the episode. Um, the audio for this episode was produced by Rendell Zevas. You can find him on Twitter at Rendell Zevas. The artwork for this episode is courtesy of Volshock B on Twitter. Um, please go see all of his really cool Halo art that he's been doing lately. It's really really neat. Um, Volshock B on Twitter. The music in this episode is copyrighted Bungie. We're able to use it under their fair use policy because they love their content creators. If you'd like to dive into the Destiny lore on your own, visit ishtar collective.net. They are the resource we use to make our show notes. Uh, Thank you, Baxter. Thank you, Baxter. Uh, He is also going to be on the lore panel. So uh, come see Baxter on the lore panel. Um, For some reminders, You can find us on Twitter at guardians underscore lore. You can tweet at me at Hey, it's orchid or you can tweet at Elmist at I underscore am underscore Elmist. You can send us an email at guardians underscore lore at outlook.com. You can leave us a review wherever you can find the podcast reviews help, but actually what really helps is to just tell a friend and let them know that you really enjoy it because that really helps us and let us know too, because we like to hear from you. Um, come join our discord at discord.gg slash lore hub. Uh, if you'd like to support the podcast, you can also vis- visit us on ko-fi.com slash guardians underscore lore. Every little bit helps. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah. Thank you. We appreciate it.
1: That's that's it. That's everything. I did it. I almost did it. Woo. We're at the end. Yay. Yay. We'll, we'll talk to you guys in reels these time in a couple of weeks when we're all moved and life is back under control. <laughs>
0: Yeah, hopefully. Uh-huh.
1: Hopefully, maybe. Enjoy the new season and enjoy GCX. And I'll see you guys at GCX uh, virtually. But I'll see you guys at GCX. Take care. And stuff. Okay. Bye. Say goodbye. 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 Hours. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs> You're so weird. <laughs> Bye. Animals. Saladin suggests. Looking through the brick. The bricks. <laughs> Looking through the bright. I can't read. Okay. This is fine. Looking through the brick. Bricks. Bricks. Brick? Break. What's that word? Break. 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 God damn it. What's English? Break. Jesus Christ. Break. You ever read a word that's super basic and you're like, I can't read.
0: Break.
1: Break.
0: Break.
1: Break. Thank you.
0: You're welcome. Shut up. No.
1: (laughs) Sorry. You're good. (laughs) Readings hurt.